Hello and welcome to Arrest Almanix. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. How are you doing, everyone? Hello, thank you for listening. Happy New Year. How was your Christmas? Was it good? Do you feel rested? Or are you just swimming back into that horrible, murky continuation of jobs that are just now more pressured and stressed? <laughs> Humbug. Um, I hope you had a good one anyway, and I hope you're excited about 2019, because well, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, we've got the politics coming up. God, who knows where that's going to end. I'm kind of bracing myself. I hope it doesn't completely sink the industry. But there we go. Let's start on a more optimistic tone, because the weather this week is fun. Curiosity, play, passion, creativity and enjoying design because we've got one of the best out there in my opinion, Jim Sutherland from Studio Sutherland coming up. Uh, We're going to get deep into it with Jim but quickly a little thank you to my sponsors who keep this show free and are going to continue doing so into 2019. IllustrationWeb.com, fantastic illustration agency representing people globally uh, from all corners of the planet. Uh, They're doing a wonderful spread of work, including animation, gift making, large scale murals, fashion, uh, you name it. It's all kinds of illustration and image making going on. And they're a fantastic supporter of the creative industry also. So go and take a look, IllustrationWeb.com and take a look at their news section where you can get a little peek behind the curtains. Uh, The clients, the who's, the where's, the what's, the why's and the rest of it. So go and take a look great people heartinternet.co.uk providing a digital tip every episode uh, they provide seo advice social media advice hosting domain names all the good web stuff all the tools all the kit that you need to get yourself seen on google get people finding you get prospective clients coming across your work whatever it is you do these guys are awesome go and take a look they provide a little digital tip every episode And I'm simply going to point to the sheer amount of coverage that Jim Sutherland and Studio Sutherland get deservedly because their work is exciting, it's fun, it's interesting, uh, it's at the front of the industry right now in my opinion and with good reason and and I think that comes across, I think that is something when you're doing work that you're passionate about, that you care about, that you're interested in, when you're finding the best solutions, I think it resonates no matter the medium but especially when you get that stuff out there on the platforms, on the blogs on the news websites and on the social media. So keep that in mind and keep that passion flowing at the centre of the work. We're going to discuss all that good stuff and why it is quite possible to be doing work that you care about and making money. Uh, That's the point of this episode today where Jim talks about his move from a larger studio. Uh, He co-founded Hattrick Design in 2001, consistently one of the three most awarded design agencies in the UK, number one in 2011. So make what you will of that. Some people are not big on awards, but I think the sheer number, over 150 pro awards, speaks for the quality of the work and the integrity that goes on in it. So... We're going to get deep into all that. Last but not least, and the sponsors, the Association of Illustrators, the AOI.com, doing wonderful work to support the illustration industry. Go and have a look. Uh, and the World Illustration Awards are open for entry right now. I do recommend getting on that one. There's a small fee involved, but the money does go to a fantastic cause with these guys, and it's very nominal, so do it. The standard gets better every single year, and last year's was really, really quite intimidating in the best possible way. And that's something that's going to come up in our conversation today with Jim and I, talking about that feeling of insignificance when you're blown away by some work that you feel like you could never create, and then the subsequent inspiration that comes off the back of it when you remember that you are you, and they are there, and that you need to be doing stuff that you care about, that's so you, that comes from the heart, that's, you know, that's full of fire, 
And we're going to get into all of that. So there, there you have it. Thank you. Illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk and theaoi.com. So, Jim Sutherland, Studio Sutherland, let's not keep going on about the business stuff. Let's get into the, the meat of today's episode. Uh, like I said, 2001, Jim Sutherland co-founded Hattrick Design and he's subsequently gone on to go out on his own, oftentimes working with one other designer, as we'll discuss today. And the happiness that comes from his projects, the crossover between the personal, the passionate and the professional uh, is quite inspiring. It's something that I feel we all seek or we all should be seeking. Yeah, we've all got circumstances. Yeah, we've got reality to contend with. But I think if you drive at the core of your practice with things that you care about, things that you enjoy doing, and you use that to win clients, then you will create a good cycle because like attracts like. And I think the love of your work does resonate. And Jim talks at length about that, about how... Um, he would use the likes of his Eon Moo children's book that he created off his own back to show work to start right um, children's shoes company who who he did a fantastic branding job for recently and I think it's uh, it's it's a great lesson and it comes up it's a common thread on this show and it comes up all the time because it's something that I've always held dear in my own practice and it's part of the reason I wanted to do this because I wanted to open the door I wanted to pull back the curtain on people who were doing Something that they, that they were invested in, emotionally invested in, you know, that, that they have built from the ground up, that they've gone through the, the harder times, maybe doing the bits of work they wouldn't necessarily want to do to pay the bills, but they've got to a purer place where they are now attracting work that is inherently an ex, you know, an extension of their character, and that is the holy grail in this industry. So it's a big topic for today's show, but Jim articulates it wonderfully, just like he creates beautifully with his work. Uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to find out why he went out on his own, how that's worked, how he considered going back and doing a maths degree because he, uh, that was his thing in his earlier years, maths and physics. Uh, we talk about whether there's a link between that and his character and the way he designs, um, why his wife threatened to leave him if he indeed took on the maths degree. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of jest. That'll come up in the show. I'm not being a dick. That's just um, Jim telling us about that. Talk about Jim's theory about joy in process. Um, he feels like he's doing his own MA at the moment and what a wonderful thing that is so it really is a, a time of exploration uh, for Studio Sutherland and do go and check out the work over at studio-sutherland.co.uk uh, for the portfolio it's all on there his wonderful Agatha Christie stamps worked with uh, Neil Webb illustrator not too, not too long back is really worth a bit of your attention um, so thank you again for listening thank you for coming back in 2019 supporting the show please continue to do so Drop us a review on iTunes if you get a moment. Um, tell a friend and get in touch on social media at Arrest on Linux. Uh, go and check out the sponsors to support the show. And without further ado, let's get into it with Jim Sutherland from Studio Sutherland. So, what, what's your background? Then? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from South London. I grew up in the sort of suburbs of near Croydon. Uh, went to school there, and then uh, didn't do a foundation course. Went straight from school and uh, went to Norwich. Yeah, sort of by mistake, which is what I was saying earlier, that um, I applied for somewhere else and mm. uh, just luck just took me to Norwich. And I went there to do illustration. Yeah. Uh, and then got there and realised I was rubbish at illustration. <laughs> the thing was, you knocked it, you, the, the, the painting you showed, the slide, you knocked it, and a lot of people were like, wow, 10, 11 years old, you know, that's pretty good. I, I, I disagree that it was bad, I thought yeah. actually. But I thought, age, you know, something that, that thing, you know, when you're pretty good at painting at school or, you know, drawing yeah. and stuff like that. So it's that classic thing, and then you end up not knowing anything about design, yeah. getting there thinking I'll do illustration and then realising one, the illustration course at the time is good now, wasn't very good mm. and 
and that everybody there could draw better than my teachers was the only reference I had. And I thought, fuck, they're drawing better than my teachers. So, so I then started just to, it was a graphic design and illustration course. Yeah. So I ended up sort of doing more design. And then I met Ray Gregory, who was our tutor in the third year. I just thought, God, this is, you, what you can do this. You just think of ideas for stuff. Yeah. And it was all about ideas generation. And so, um, so I just started doing that. Well, which is interesting because that's the, the real, you know, your work is undeniably uh, underpinned by, by great ideas. I think it's, I think just the, the, the insights you showed into, into your working process and the exploration and the, and the evident, you, you started with joy and I think that's yeah. very relevant because yeah. the, the evident fun in each of the exploration of those ideas is crucial. Yeah. Uh, so that's obviously stuck, you know. Um, yeah, I think since I left, you know, so the sort of I worked at, a, at the partners and a couple of other places, set up Hattrick, that went really well for you know I was there for what thirteen years, and then I just at some stage, uh, not anything specific, I just thought one I needed a bit of a break. I'd been busy for a long time, it'd gone really well. We'd, it'd all taken off much more than we expected. You know, we didn't have a lot of expectations and stuff really, and it took off quite quickly, and we'd got some really nice projects done, and then I just suddenly felt. I started to do a lot more personal sort of side projects, whatever you call them, like playing cards and, you know, I did a book about my dad's garage with my daughter and stuff like that. Mm. And I just really loved it. And I was doing that at weekends and we were really busy during the week. And then I just started to feel like I want to do more of that and, and just enjoy work. And I was going to work and not just being stressed all the time. And I just started to feel, well, you don't do your best work under those conditions. It's like the students were just asking about, you know, when your mind goes a bit blank, I think if you put yourself under pressure, I don't think good things come out. Mm. So I've, I've got this theory, which isn't formulated yet, <laughs> about that if you put more joy into the work, I think it comes out at the other end mm. for the people, you know, the clients or their client or their their audience. I think they can, people can tell if you've enjoyed doing it. It's not that it's self. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, it's not that you're just mucking about and you're having a nice time. It's, it's like musicians who just go off and do something and no one really gets it at the other end I think you want a purpose and stuff to it all but I, I to genuinely feel if you put joy into stuff it comes out you know that start right project that we've just done uh, I look at some of those little characters with feet walking about and it just makes me smile straight away every time I look at them and I'm sitting there going fuck that's really nice you know uh, and that's just a you know it's just a letter with two little serifs on yeah. and suddenly it's walking about and it's got a little personality and stuff and it's a children's shoe brand, yeah. so it should have that. You know, you can't go and use 100%. those. And it's such a subtle shift <laughs> yeah. to give it that joy, and it's just yeah. and there's so much fun in there, and it, and it should be, you know, because that that's what it's got to be about for yeah. an yeah. audience of for that, that for that, that audience age. exactly. Yeah, so uh, so I think yeah, that's that's I suppose that's my general um, approach now is that I just feel the more I enjoy it, then I think we'll do better work, mm. and I feel you know um, I feel like I'm doing more interesting work. And hopefully better work than I've done before mm. and I think that thing about wanting to get better all the time uh, is quite a motivation really about being open to learning and yeah I was saying to Andy um, Bainbridge earlier that um, I feel like I'm sort of doing my own MA now without any tutors because I went straight from school to college straight to the partners quite a sensible job had kids young it's felt like you know quite worky sort of based and now I'm just having this sense of freedom and just trying stuff out and doing a lot of letterpress work or working with photographers or artists or you know it's just a much and it's just me and one designer you know there's a real broad like that being said yeah you and the one designer kind of blew me away because you've been having looked through your portfolio and yeah. the, just the sheer range of contexts and and 
all these projects. I mean, I mean, some of them. Are, you know, he talks about the, the shoes, like they're, they're getting the 3D form <laughs> things. One link that I made from all of that, and it, may, it might be quite tenuous, but you mentioned early on that you that you started to do A, a levels in physics and, and mm, maths. Mm. Was it science? Either? Yeah, yeah, maths and physics. Yeah. And I can see that totally. Just mm, the, the, mm. The, if just from that external look at that mind, that that's the, these three dimensional, lovely explorations in all different contexts and mm. mediums. Do you think there is a link there? Do you think you've got one of those brains that whichever path you chose, you could have gone down that quite obsessively? I think uh, I think it's an interesting question about the maths and physics because generally most people you meet as designers were normally doing you know arts and humanities sort of subjects. Although funny enough, my ex partner Gareth uh, did maths and physics as well, which I was always the only person other person I found. You know. And uh, I definitely had an interest in it, but for me, it's one. I think it's sort of problem solving. Mm -hmm. You know, it's simple, you know more, most pure in some ways. But also there's a thing about logic. So even though I like this mucking about and play, there feels to me there's an underpinning... Again, I was saying this to somebody the other day, that it, like showing some of those projects, they like the Agatha Christie thing. For me, there's just like you take this, you add that, and you end up with this. So you get to the end of it, and it's slightly disappointing to present it because there's not really a lot... <laughs> lot you know, most of the work we do, which I think is a good thing, you don't have to explain because the logic is in what... You know, mm. it's a kid's shoe brand, so some of the letters walk about, or... It's Agatha Christie, so it's a, you know it's a monogram made of an A and mm. an A and a C and a question mark. Um, so I, I I wonder if that's where the maths sort. Of, I mean, it's a long time ago, so I feel like oh yeah, I was really good at maths and physics. You know, I did A levels and I did you know well in them, but it's not you know. Yeah. I did think the, the a while back about doing a maths degree on like Open University, and then um, my wife said she'd leave me. <laughs> Because he said you're never here and you're working all the time and you want to spend your weekends doing a maths degree, and in my head I said, "Fuck, I'd be really brilliant if I had a maths degree as well as a graphics degree." So I did start looking into it, you know, a bit. Mm. And then my daughter was doing a maths A level, or coming up to doing a maths A level. I think she actually was doing a GCSE, and I was trying to help her with her homework, and I couldn't do any of it. Oh wow! And I thought yeah. this is amazing. In my head, oh yeah, I'm, I've got a maths A level and a physics A level, <laughs> and I started looking at this. I thought none of this makes any sense at all. And I could, I could hardly help her, you know. And she's going, well, I think that's because you do... And I was like, oh, right, OK. And I suddenly thought, well, I'm going to go off to a maths degree. I can't even do GCSE maths now. And I'm sure you pick it up. But yeah. uh, but perhaps there's a parallel. There's a parallel in, in problem solving and also, I think, uh, yeah. systems and logic and mm. grids. I and think it's the... Under, yeah, it's the yeah. mechanics, I think, like yeah. you say, that you hear yeah. on that. I'm writing a lot about this at the minute because I'm trying to write a second book called Chemistry of Creativity. And, it, and it's looking at... It is looking at those those things you yeah. do very naturally and yeah. who you are as yeah. a, right from childhood right through and those yeah. things that were always there but you never gave great credit yeah. to. Yeah. There's yeah. one bit I'm writing about. Um, I got caught shoplifting and banned from all Woolworths as a kid for stealing a football Corinthian right. figure. Um, and and it's quite interesting now to finally kind of a, a look back at that and kind of go, yeah, okay, I did that just because I was a little shit. But yeah. actually, it was, a, it was a compulsive part of the personality yeah. that now stands me in great stead when I've, you know, got to find that yeah. same value in, in yeah. a project and, yeah. and it's an interesting school of thought yeah. actually yeah. Yeah. Um, well it's interesting that uh, I was talking to one of the tutors up here about um, I've got this thing about chess which again is a sort of mathematical you know, and I'm rubbish at chess but I've done about seven or eight projects about chess now wow. about chess boards, I made a ch typographic chess set and um, I've done several letterpress pieces about chess boards and stuff and I did a talk about just chess stuff which just seems like a weird combination of things but I worked out the thing I like about it is the is sort of grids and formats, and you've got a certain number of squares and a certain number of pieces, all icons, and mm. you know. Uh, and for me, it's another part. I was sitting in there listening to these talks, thinking I want to do some more stuff with Nick 
uh, I want to do some more chess projects. You know, all this stuff bubbles around when you listen to other people. But um, so I suppose that's the other place the maths physics thing has come out a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, and a lot of the stuff you do is very reductive. I found too, which is beautiful. I always got such admiration for when someone can pull off simplicity. Mm. And then the DNA the annual that, that was such a wonderful idea and so simply executed, but so powerful. Like, I mean, you must have been quite. Yeah, I, th- I think. That, I th- well, that's lovely for you to say. I mean, it was. Um, it's a bit like Nick was saying actually about his disappointments diary. It's about doing the sort of. Uh, I think there's quite there's quite an interesting thing for me that it's about doing enough but not too much. And there's a few designers I've met quite recently who do, I think, really beautiful sort of work, and I judged with a couple of them. And I remember there were a few pieces of work on the wall uh, at some DNAD thing, and this guy said, I was looking at it thinking, oh, I really like this, you know, and it didn't get in. And I said, oh, I really like that. Why, why did that not get in? You know, what do you think about that? And he was a bit older than me, and he's quite an established. And he said, uh, I think just think it's trying a bit too hard. Like, and I'm looking at it thinking, that's, I, I try too hard, definitely, all the time. <laughs> and I th- you sometimes you have to rein yourself back a bit, not to overdo it. But I, I also don't really like work that's not trying hard enough. Mm. So minimal stuff is tricky to um, to work out in some ways because you've got to do enough to make it something interesting is going on. And it's not just minimal for the sake of it, perhaps. But also not too much where you're just overdoing it. And mm. I, I find myself, oh, we could put that idea in. It's a bit like with the Christie stamps. You know, I kept turning up to Royal Mail going, could we add that bit in? And what about doing this? And what about if we, you know, at one point they were just going, just, you know, just stop. There's enough going on. Yeah. This is, a, a, you know, a, an inch square canvas and you're just putting more and more things in. <laughs> Which for that subject is good, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, I, I did read a lovely, I went to I went to this lecture or this concert by Steve Reich, the composer. And uh, again, very minimalist sort of music. And we were there and he did a Q&A thing afterwards and somebody said to him, How, I think this is relevant, how, because uh, you write stuff that's so minimal, sometimes like one note repeated and it goes out of sync and stuff like that. How do you, you know, do you, are you self critical? You know, how do you know when something's finished? Stuff like that. And he sat there for a bit and he said, uh, This is really stuck with me actually. He said, The thing is, if you're, he goes, I'm very self critical. I sit in a room, I'm chucking stuff away all the time, occasionally getting it out of the bin again, looking at it and thinking, Oh, maybe that's, you know. So I'm very self critical. But he said, there, There's a thing about if you're too self critical, you just don't produce anything. You know, because you, nothing is ever good enough. Mm. But if you're not self-critical enough, you just produce shit. So he said, somehow you've got to find that middle ground. And that's for me about the reductive work, is thinking you want to do enough to, for me, add a bit of joy or engage or entertain people and inform people and communicate and stuff. Uh, do enough so it's doing that job, but not overdo it. That it starts mm. to annoy people about, look, I'm so clever, I've thought of this idea as yeah. well. And, you know, yeah. Um, how how uh, how do your clients respond to to your sort of energy and ideas process? Are they forth? Do you pick clients that uh, you can work well with in that respect, or do you find you ever have to work for that? You know, in respect if a client comes to you with an with an with an idea, yeah, don't want to budge from it. Do you have to work for that? Um, I, I I think it's changed a bit now because obviously having a, a smaller studio, I don't need as much work. So and I'm finding that because I'm not doing any work, I don't want to do, which is a you know, very privileged place to be. Uh, because overhead's less and all that sort of stuff, and I've got more of a reputation than I had and stuff. Uh, generally, what you find is if you keep doing nice work, you get nice work coming to you, and they want you to be like that. Uh, but I think we've all, always found since you know we set up Patrick, we won a lot of jobs for being the most enthusiastic people around mm. in terms of work. You know, we weren't sort of showing off type of people, but we were just so enthusiastic, so into the subjects, and people just get you know go along with that. And they just can see that you're going to really work hard on this project. 
Well, yeah. So. I mean, in its simplest form, sometimes it's about making that client's life easier. Yeah. They've come Completely. to you as a, yeah. as a professional, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. And and I was just saying this to um, Simon and Gary from Rose earlier, that uh, that Start Right project, which has just launched, which, you know, for us, is a big, big project to be done, uh, the client has been amazing mm. because it's been a really, uh, you know, somebody we didn't know before, went and pitched for the job, got it, uh, and um, didn't do any creative work, but just sort of said how we'd approach it and the sort of other projects we'd done. It's one of the first times I'd shown things like those kids' books that I'd done as personal projects to a proper client, like a grown-up client, sort of trying to say, look, I've, you know, I understand kids a bit and the yeah. joy and, the, and you know, language and all that sort of stuff. And uh, that 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 project has been just brilliant from start to finish because I would show things and they, and they would say. What do you think we should do? Because you're the ex, you know, we, we, you're paying you to do this. I said, well, I think you should do, you know, route two, and I would change it to this colour and do that. And they would go, okay, great, we'll do that then. Brilliant. It brings its own pressure because then you suddenly realise you're in that place and you've got to really think about those things. But it's, it's been, um, and, and I'm just finding at the moment, whether it will last, I don't know, but it's happening more and more. You know, that I think if you're a bit more confident and a bit more, I suppose it's just to be really thorough about what you're doing. And thought through, and it's logical. You don't have have to sell things. You just show it to them, and, and the logic, hopefully, is like, well, obviously, we should do that. And you want to do those solutions where people look at it and go, almost a bit like, well, is that, you know, is that it? Because it seems like such an obvious or simple thing to do. Um, so putting those little serifs as feet start right. You just look at it and think, well, yes, we should do that. There are yeah. two R's. There's twins. You know, it just. It's not rocket science, is it? Yeah. It's no, not, it's not. It's, but it's, it's not a But also, it's uh, you know, I don't, I also, I don't think you should sell yourself. I think it's, you, I just think it's a beautiful solution to that to that brief. And um, yeah, it's something wonderful. Well, I, mean, I think it's hard work. Uh, you don't. Uh, you're right. That, it's the wrong thing. To, it's not that it's easy to do. Yeah. But it's it is trying to get it down to a point where it looks like yes. well, that's you know. And interestingly, I had a big meeting with um, through Agatha Christie with uh, Harper Collins, the publishers who publish all our books now. And they said, we want you to come and show, you know, because it wasn't for them, it was for Agatha Christie Limited, we were doing a project, to show the uh, new identity. And they were all a bit nervous because it appears on their books and all that sort of stuff. And I just remember presenting it. And again, it's like, you know, here's a question mark, here's a C, and it makes an A. And I think, oh, I've got to work out some way of making this a bit more sort of, like, bigger <laughs> or something. And I just couldn't. So in the end, it's like three slides. Mm. And you go, look, we started with a question mark, we added a C, and it makes an A. And, and so how long does that take you? You know, five seconds. And and they literally sort of it was lovely. They didn't gasp, but they went oh. It was just a lovely moment. They just all got it. Oh wow! Okay. And then I got up and left. And Wonderful. that was like the meeting was like yeah. ten minutes long. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think it was a lesson in that. I'm kind of taking that lesson for tomorrow because I've got to do a talk now tomorrow morning with fifteen yeah. slides. And then we're right. going with two hundred eighty-five. Yeah, I yeah, I went, yeah. I can watch oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to stretch it out because it helps me do one point at a time. No, it was great. Yeah, I'm joking aside. No, no, but it's, it worked for the, for the dynamics yeah. of your talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great. <laughs> So, uh, do you actively seek work, or have you got into a? Do, do, do you, you know, have you got relationships built now where where, where things kind of feed? Uh, I I think I've got a lot of uh, either repeat work with people like Royal Mail, or you know, there's a few other clients I've I've have come back to me since I left Hattrick and stuff like that. Um, but generally, because of profile and articles and projects coming out, uh, I don't go out and try and get anything. Um, I do try, you know, I do enter things like competitions and try and get stuff in Creative Review, and I think that leads to interesting stuff. It was interesting, listening to the talks earlier about 
how work comes along. But I don't think even at Hattrick, we never really, occasionally we have new business people will come in because we thought we should be doing some new business. So we'd employ somebody for a few days a month or something. And they would go, you know, who would you like to work for? And everyone would sit down and write Nike and Apple and, you know, Orange <laughs> and whoever it might be at the time that was doing interesting stuff, Howie's or... And then you just thought, well, we're thinking that because they're already doing nice things. And then none of that, nothing would ever happen. We'd never get, none of those people ever got us any new business. Complete, complete waste of time. In fact, if anybody sets up a company, don't employ a new business person. It's just, for me, it was completely pointless. All of our work either came through reputation or um, recommendation or repeat. Yeah. Mm. Um, that somebody would mention you to someone else, you know, and that's the way it would sort of happen. Um, but they only do that if you do a really good job for them, or yeah. they see a really good job that you've done. They're much more likely to approach you. So it's that comes back to that thing of not doing sort of bread and butter jobs because somebody will see that and think, oh, I thought they were this, and I see that job, and it's not really very good. I mean, we yeah. all have to do it at certain stages in our career. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Yeah, you know, because I, I, again, fortunate. I don't have to be in that position of. Um, mm-hmm sort of seeking you know nice stuff comes on I don't need a lot because there's only two of us yeah which like I said before like that kind of blew me away and then when you said you know uh, 25 jobs on the go at once yeah, yeah. Um, plus our own interests I found that incredible <laughs> and, and I, I think the, to this day I'm a freelancer and to this yeah. day I think the most is 8 or 9 that I've juggled at one time and that yeah. was well, it's stressful, but, but as you say, at the same time, I still always find those windows to do them little, well, whether it's a two-hour blast of something fun. You know, yeah, you've got and, to be that's, and that's the key. And interestingly, we were talking about this the other day, I was talking to my wife about it, uh, about I haven't done quite so many sort of side, you know, or research projects or experimental projects for the last six months or a year or so, because we've been really busy. And she said something interesting about, well, you don't, it looks to me like you're doing what you like doing on your personal projects for clients now. Mm. So there isn't that, sort of, which I love, it's not that separation. And the fact I showed that Eel Moo book to start right when I pitched was a joyous thing to do. Like, here's a kid's book about animals making the wrong noise. Yeah. And you're in a big corporate <laughs> meeting. And they're all sort of smiling at it. And I suppose it's obviously relevant because it's about kids and stuff like that. Uh, but I think you're right. I think you, for me, having lots of stuff on, they all spill over into each other and... Sometimes you're thinking about one thing and then you think, well, actually, that sort of applies to this. Mm. It's not, you try obviously not to repeat yourself, but you do find yourself thinking, well, actually, that thing we were thinking about for that doesn't really work, but that thought might apply over there. And so that question, one of the students about, you know, when you've got a blank sheet of paper where you're a bit stuck, I think we'll just go and think about Project 22 yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> and something will spark there and will lead to something yeah, else. It's so true, though. And it's that whole, it's, you know, it's a cliche, but if it's it's not work, is it? Mm. So you can just do it all the time. So, uh, so what's going to be moving forward? Anything exciting in the pipeline? Well, I think it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, CS Sutherland's now, what I suppose, officially like about three years old, uh, two and a half, three years old. Um, and it's gone so well. <laughs> Like much more than I was expecting, uh, in lots of ways. Like just lovely projects on, and you know, award stuff, and things coming out, and things I really like. Uh, I'm starting to have a little bit of a. Well, what, what am I going to do next? But I'm trying to stick to the thing, as Nick was saying. If you just keep feeding interesting stuff in, and not settling, something interesting will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, got some nice gallery projects couple of really nice museum and gallery projects coming out this year a couple of book projects pitching for some more stamps which would be nice nice um and and again i could be at, you know at certain points at hattrick we used to you know we obviously had bigger overheads and there'd be worries about you know what's three month mm. projections and stuff like that. i don't really do any of that now 
was going to say, I, I, I get the sense there's no aspirations or no, no desire to do no, that. I've got, no, I definitely feel I don't want to get bigger. Mm-hmm. I, want, I, really like, I really like the idea of working one designer. The Rosie I'm working with now is fantastic. And uh, I'm really enjoying working with her. And, um, but I don't really want more people than that. And I'm actually really enjoying working from home. It's a proper studio, but it's, you know, clients have been around and that's what I am now. So I've sort of still got this legacy about should I have a studio and I've been thinking about getting, getting one. And mm-hmm. I think, well, with that, we'll come the pressure of overheads and then I'd be able to fit more people in. There's a physical, you can't really fit anybody else in the yeah. home now. Um, so I don't want to get any bigger, but also I'm quite into the idea that, well, if something you know just being open to stuff so if something interesting happened maybe i would want to get bigger yeah you know i don't want Not to just completely be dogmatic that. about definitely doing this you know when yeah. i left i thought i don't ever want to employ anybody ever again not for bad reason but just if i found myself spending lots of time managing rather than doing mm-hmm. uh now i'm sort of then you know alice tozy who was the first designer that i had full time she came along to a bit of freelance and i thought actually i'm really enjoying having another person to bounce off and, and talk about projects and stuff like that so I feel now, I'd, I, if this system works, I'd just work with me and one designer. Yeah. And they get this sort of crash course in madness. <laughs> <laughs> and they last for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And they go, but they're going to learn, you know, they're getting a lot of me all day talking about projects mm. and what about this and trying that. And it's all very, you know, talking across the table all day, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's exhausting because it's, and we've got so much on, but hopefully it's quite playful and have a, you know. Yeah. Got time and and collaborating with other people and you know that letterpress thing with um, Mr Smith's letterpress place, uh, his workshop. You know we're doing some lovely work over there. That again is a bit like Nick Asprey was just saying that some stuff not for any particular reason, but just thinking that'd be a nice thing to go and do, and perhaps that will lead to something. But you're not doing it to lead to something. Mm. You're just doing it because. And I, I feel like if we keep doing nice work, other nice work will appear. Yeah, that's my. That's my new business plan. Yeah, I think is that part of the reason why you do things like this today, like talking at universities? Because I, yeah. I just I always get the sense that there's a lot of fun at these things, like a nice yeah. liberal atmosphere where you just don't know. Even even by telling your own story, you yeah. can hit upon things you never thought about before. Completely, I, I think that's a really good point. And if something because we have been really busy recently, and I've done a few talks at college. I teach at Norwich a bit, where I um, you know studied and stuff like that. Um, and sometimes you think, oh god, we've got so much on. Have I got time to go and do this talk? And, and what's been really interesting for me recently, I've been so busy particularly with the Startright project, is actually making a time to put it into a presentation, show it to other people. It's almost a moment of being able to reflect, like showing that today. It's like I've only shown that job twice because it's only just come out. Uh, is a really nice way of looking at it and, and you know questioning it a bit and reflecting on it. And it's a bit of a pause. And I also think it's, uh, oh, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But it's good to go back into places and talk to students about what it's like and mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily the pitfalls but what happens and you know I, di- I didn't I touched on it a little bit today but you know when I went to work at partners I knew nothing really and I was so shy if my phone went I'd go and hide in the toilet you know I couldn't speak to anybody <laughs> I was there for like five years I never said anything in meetings or stuff like that and so the idea of being able to go and stand in front of students and talk you know it's incredible for me to be doing this really in, in my head because I'm not that sort of confident person but it's um, I think it's good for students to know where you started and how you got here and, yeah. and try and sh- again for me show them stuff that's just going to make them think oh we could do that and, you know. and the other reason I really like doing it, especially things like this little conference is you get to hear other people speak so hearing Nick and Simon and Gary this morning uh, was just brilliant 
because you learn, learn loads. I'm sitting there with a notebook, just making loads of notes, things. Oh, I think, you completely. Know, yeah, uh, that took so, so much from both of those yeah, talks. Yeah, um, yeah. I do a lot of writing myself, and it's, yeah. in, it's increasingly gathering momentum. I've fallen in love with it um, unexpectedly. Mm. So to see someone like Nick talking and, yeah. and just take, yeah. I'm just laughing my yeah. ass off at the back about, yeah, no, about totally. his hey, sick stuff. Oh, and no, no, it's, it's, it's just, just brilliant. Genius. Such brilliant stuff. The lovely thing about that for me was the parallel. Uh, we were going to try and do a talk together, and we didn't really have time to sort it out. We thought we'll just do separately, but you know. But actually, there are loads of little parallels about how we're both working and the way we think about stuff. And you know, mm-hmm. obviously, he could put it all better because he can write properly, which I can't. <laughs> but uh, I thought I think that's just fascinating to hear. It know. is, it is, and it always I always get a slight bit of dismay when you know when when uh, illustration students only go and see an illustration. Yeah, totally. Doing a talk, totally right. Yeah, I think it's so crucial to just embrace, as as you guys were saying, just to fill your head with new things, interesting things. Yeah. And I think the other thing for me, I go to a lot of talks, uh, a lot of design talks, a lot of illustrate, you know, all sorts of things, you know, science talks, we still go to and stuff. But um, I sort of love that thing when you go and see somebody really good, and I get really depressed. I watch it, and I think, I'm never going to do something as good as that. Or, <laughs> but I found over the years that happens while I'm there, and I'm definitely getting a bit down. I think, oh, you know, I thought I was doing okay, but actually, I look at this person, God, look at that project, and I'd love to have done that, and I'd love to have done a bit of work that was as good as that. And then I find myself almost every time, about three or four days later, I'm completely on cloud nine again, and just completely inspired by it, thinking, well, okay, I'm not that person, but I could try this. You know? Yeah. And it's a real. My daughter's a designer, and I keep saying that to her: go and see people that are really good in whatever field. Makes you feel completely useless for a bit, but then it charges you up again. Yeah. You know, and that's perhaps the personality thing that you think, you know, not as a challenge, but you think, well, actually, you know. Okay, I can't do that, but I could be doing this. Well, it sits there, doesn't it, in the back of your mind, and, yeah. then, and then it's that cocktail of when it hits something that's ah, yours. Yeah, totally. Beautiful thing. Totally, it's a really totally, totally right. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Mm. I mean, you know, like I said, with Nick's stuff and his um, his notes on Instagram are just oh, just yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I'm never gonna, I never see that as something to intimidate me because it's so, it's just completely his. Yeah. But then invariably there'll be some tinge of that that just sits yeah. somewhere. It sits and, definitely right. And also the thing that we had a conversation before we started that about. Uh, that whole conversation about starting projects just because you think there's something interesting in doing it without an end sort of mm-hmm. for what that might do so that for me the I didn't show that I tried to only show new works today but I did this book about my dad's garage like I don't know 10 years ago or so and I did it with my daughter it was after my dad had died and my mum asked me to clear the garage up and and we went over there and I dragged her over she was about 14 at the time I dragged her over to her it was a nice sunny day and we're in this dark garage full of spiders and things and um, to sort of tidy up, I thought, I don't really want to do this. And I'm just sort of looking around, and we just started finding just lovely objects, and there's lots mm. of little drawers full of, you know, rusty nails, and just all that weird shit that people collect, yeah. or used to collect a bit more. Um, and I just remember talking to her, and we said, we could just photograph all of this, just as a bit of a record, not for any other reason, you know. And also we don't have to bother tidying it up. So uh, we got a light box uh, from home, and just started photographing everything. Things that look like robots or spiders, or <laughs> and it and and we did it for no reason other than this is a nice way to spend the day. It was quite a good laugh and stuff. Uh, and then eventually, I took all these pictures home, and I just thought, what should we? And it sort of turned into this little book, which we then at Hattrick this was we sent it to quite a lot of our clients mm. as a sort of direct mail piece, not just about the way you look at work, you know, look at things and produce, you know. And we got really nice responses back because you weren't sending them bits of work; you were just saying, look, here's a something I'm a bit interested in. Yeah. Um, but when Nick mentioned that today, I thought that's exactly how that started. Yeah. Not as I want to do a book about my dad's garage. It was like, we've got, we're going to do this. That might be quite interesting. Mm. And it turned into a book. 
you know potentially what a beautiful project and also what a, yeah what a great idea to compile that and 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 furthermore to send that out to clients i think that's yeah that's brilliant and, and i know i see so many things that people do like that that's so just just comes from the heart. Yeah, like yeah. You say, it doesn't need and I to think be. you can tell when work comes from the heart. It comes back to that joy thing. You can tell if someone really enjoyed mm. the work they put into that project because it is every detail. Like Ben Casey was just asking me after that. He said it's that thing about you seem to take an idea and then just keep doing it more and more and more. You know, to a sort of point of not repeating it, but just thinking, oh, I actually could do this as well, mm. and this, and you could change yeah. that. And, and that's where, and I think it's those little touches. So much of it is, is the details on, especially big identity projects, or, or any books or anything. It's just like the little, you oh know. God, yeah, the, the, I mean, the Christie stamps, the microscopic type, <laughs> blew me away. That the, that's, yeah. that's commitment, though. But, that, but and that's the love of the subject. Yeah, totally. But every, you know, you, every time I get them, I meant to bring some upstairs. See, but you get them out, and you and you're looking at, you can see some type is there, you know. And that little letter, the suicide note, is literally, I reckon, one millimeters by two millimeters. You get a big magnifying glass out or a loop, <laughs> and then you start reading this text. You turn the stamp up, and, say, and you realize that's the letter that she put in her book. So you've got actually some of her words yeah. on the stamp. You know, it's just, um, I, you know, it's you just think, oh, you know, you're just discovering it again. And then, you know, perhaps because my memory is really bad, every time I look at it, or every time I use that little heat sensitive thing, you just go, oh, look, you know, you just do it again and again. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> It's incredible. Oh, I mean, get kudos. That's, that, that's, that's detail for them and, and <laughs> just shows the power of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, you get a client who's up for, you know, right from the off, they wanted to do something interesting with print techniques yeah. and how could we involve, you know, make it quite involved and interesting and stuff like that. So, it must be a wonderful journey for them to have someone come like you with that love uh, and eye for it uh, to go through, you know, the yeah. whole. Yeah. I mean, wow, yeah, they must, they must really love seeing that kind of commitment from mm. their client. Mm -hmm. Well, I think with the, you know, I've done a lot of stamp design now, and we did a lot of hat trick, and I've done some stuff subsequently, but it's, um, you know, that stuff's going to exist forever in people's collections and things, mm -hmm. and so they, you know, they're they so brilliant to work for, because they, everything's got to be done exactly right, like really yeah. properly, all the research's got to be done, uh, and if you can add a bit of magic to that, and you make that subject more interesting, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and as I say, she still sells, you know, Four million books a year. It's or incredible, something. isn't so it? So there's a big fan base, and they all have bought the stamps, and they're really interesting because they're looking at all the clues. And, yeah, you know, it's perfect subject matter for that. It's beautiful. You know, um, I actually have uh, two full books. My nan was an avid first day stamp. Oh right, okay. Collector. Yeah, got all sorts from you know yes. Princess Diana and yeah, Charles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll send you a few pictures of some stunning design throughout those yeah, stuff. Yeah. There's some lovely stuff, isn't it? I've got. I haven't got a lot. My wife's got quite a big stamp collection, which you sort of pour over. But they're such beautiful things, and that reductive thing you talked about earlier. You've got to get it to work on this inch square, or even smaller sometimes cases. So you think, oh, you know, how much can we put on this? Yeah. You know, you, obviously with Christie we did put in quite a bit, but that's because we made it really small. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, generally you've got to reduce something down to work at that scale. Yeah. You know, and have enough going on that is interesting, but... Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, the last question I always ask yeah. my guests, so it's a little bit of an on-the-spot question. I caught a shark in the tank after the Damien Hurst piece. And I asked her for a love and a hate very loosely based within what you do uh, it can be it's a wide open question it can be anything you want what what I love and what I hate it could be any little one tiny thing something silly throw away as serious yeah. as you like it's a wide open question that I always put people on the spot with at the end yeah okay uh, let me think about that a little bit um, I, I, I feel like I'm going to give a really boring answer I, I think I love I love everything that's going on at the moment in the studio mm. I love the all the you know the projects that are coming in the the, the fact that somebody's going to pay me to do this 
I just I still can't get my head round. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that does sound like a bit of a sort of bland answer, but it's um, I really like designing stuff, which is why I do it all the time. Um, so I think that's my love, and I think that I, I think that it's an interesting, or it's a slightly separate answer, but. I find if I get really tired or a bit down or a bit, you know, knackered or you're a bit stuck on things, I only have to think of an idea for something, however small, like a lecture poster or just, you know, for another project, and it completely lifts my spirits. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that whole thing about, um, I don't know what's going on drug-wise in my brain or whatever, but that just puts me on cloud nine straight away. All the, all the tiring, you know, tiredness, and that, it just all goes away. Mm-hmm. So you just have a little spark of an idea and think, oh, that'd be nice, you know. Yeah. That's the bit I love, actually. Yeah, I think that's um, a good answer, actually. In terms of hate, uh, I, I think it's... Um, I'm not sure it's really hate. I, I suppose what annoys me is all the stuff that gets in the way of not doing that bit. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously partly why I left you know, the bigger studio, because you've just found 90% of your time was managing other things, the company, the accounts, the staff, clients, you know, bigger clients, what sort of stuff. Which just meant the lovely bit, which is the bit I love, was like five percent of my day, yeah. and ninety-five percent of the day wasn't that stuff. Um, not sure that's a hate, but it's no, it works. Yeah, like I say it's a very, it's a very strong. I mean, yeah, it's okay. just, the hate thing's a strong word. It's more just yeah. a, you know, yeah. something loosely negative like an annoyance. But, but I think if I, I mean, I think it's so common, and then and I think it shows great determination to make mm. the breakaway and do that. Mm. And, and then... I have another hate. Go on. Just to put, well, no, <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, no, it, perhaps it is a hate. I think the thing that really gets me at the moment is um, I see jobs come out that have such massive potential, identity projects or book projects or exhibition posters or something like that, and it really annoys me when I think whoever's done it, it's not to knock other people's work, but as a general principle, there's so much bad design stuff out there that's either a bit lazy, a bit uh, derivative, you know, very derivative of other things, or... um, that thing about, you know, it's just not trying hard enough. No one's put, you know, mm-hmm. and you think that thing you've created is going to be out in the world for however much time, whoever this is, you know, the person that I'm having a go at, um, <laughs> uh, is just what a wasted opportunity. Yep. You know, what, you know, th- these are such brilliant potential, almost anything, and uh, and you're going to do that. And it may be the client that's caused that, or budgets, or I don't, I don't think any of that is true. I think there would have been a solution. There's a solution to everything out there, and it could all be so much better. That's that's my. Um, I'll stop there. That's no, I like that. I like that. I think that's a really good way, of, good way of looking at it. Actually, because you know, I think it's an unhealthy attitude to write something off at the door because of whatever parameter. Yeah. The question then is, should you be doing that? You know? Should you be doing it, or think your way around it, or find a thing that does yeah. answer what the client is asking for, but is also yeah. joyous in some Fight form. Fight for it, or work with them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, it's one of the. I'll stop now. But the, um, uh, it's like hoardings. Like, we used to do quite a lot of property hoardings for big um, land securities in London. And again, they were just like these massive canvases. And you think, oh, these wonderful things you could do on it. And then you go past other ones, and they'd just be like a big phone number and a horrible set of logos and a horrible CGI and stuff like that. And you thought, this is just visual sort of ugliness. Yeah. And, it, and no one is going to use that number to phone you. You know, it, there's the opportunity is to do something that entertains people or, mm-hmm. you know, informs them of stuff. And, and the laziness of just going, well, let's put a big phone number on it and we'll sell more flats. Completely it's, fails, doesn't it? it? it totally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose that's the bit that annoys me when you just think, you know, obviously there's only two of us, so we can't do everything, but you just feel like, you know, there's so many things you could be doing, there's so many nice stuff out there to be mm. done. I think it's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks yeah. very much. Brilliant. That's a pleasure. Jim.
Thank you to Jim for taking the time out of his schedule after his talk at the UCLan Design Disciples Conference Week last year. I was a part of that. We both spoke on the same bill, which was a huge honour for me, huge compliment to be to be posted on you know with someone of such reputation as Jim, deserved reputation. Also, Rose Design, Jack Renwick. Uh, also, Jack was on the show not too long back. You can go and check out that episode. Um, but it was great for him to do that. Uh, we talked numerous times about Nick who is Nick Asbury uh, of Asbury and Asbury and, and his work is absolutely knockout standard also and there's just a number of crossovers that came from us all being on the bill so it was great to get that conversation in the bag thank you for coming back and listening uh, as I mentioned drop us a review on iTunes uh, support sponsors thank you to those illustrationweb.com heartinternet.co.uk and theaoi.com and go and have a look at today's guest Jim Sutherland we've got all sorts of exciting people coming up on the show we've got the return of Jane Boyer who uh, did the wonderful Women in Print and we had her on the show going back a couple of years I do believe now but um, she's coming back to the show to talk about how all that's gone and much more coming up have a good week I'm not going to keep you any longer I could bang on all day but thank you again to Jim Sutherland Uh, Stay creative and I'll catch you very, very soon.